We read just a few verses from Exodus chapter 8 a moment ago. Uh, Israel was captive in Egypt, and God had selected Moses and sent Moses to deliver a message to Pharaoh, let my people go. And God told Moses before he went, he said, now listen, Pharaoh's not going to listen to you. He's going to harden his heart, and he's going to say no, and I'm going to have to show my power. I'm going, to, I'm going to send some plagues on the land, and I'm going to have to convince Pharaoh that he, 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 he has to let my people go. And so he, he did. And we know from reading the book of Exodus, he sent ten different plagues. The first one was when he turned the water into blood. And the second one is in Exodus chapter 8, the one we read about a moment ago, where God says, I'm going to send frogs. They're going to be everywhere. They're going to be in your house. They're going to be in your bed. They're going to be in the, in the place where you need your bread. They're going to be in your ovens. They're just going to be all over the place. And can you imagine what that must have been like? Can you imagine living in a place where there were frogs everywhere? Now, I know some people here like to eat frog legs. I never have understood that. Uh, but, I, I, you know, everybody to their own taste. But, I, I mean, frogs are okay. We, we have sort of a place in our neighborhood when I, that's sort of a, it's still a swamp. And uh, the other morning I was walking there, early in the morning, I heard the frogs and the crickets. And, I mean, I stopped and I listened. It was loud. And they were just, you know, making frog noises and chirp, chirp, chirp. I can't make them, but uh, uh, they were making all sorts of noise. And frogs are okay when they're where they're supposed to be. But I could not tolerate, and I imagine most of you could not tolerate, frogs in your house. Can you imagine what it would be like if you got ready for bed and you jumped in the bed and you put your foot down at the end of the bed and you felt something wet and squishy? And you got up and you threw back the covers and there was a family of frogs that beat you into bed that night. I mean, just gives me the willy creepies just thinking about it. Can you imagine sitting down for dinner and you got a big pile of mashed potatoes and gravy on your plate and a frog hops up on the table and lands right in those mashed potatoes and gravy. Now, the Bible doesn't talk about mashed potatoes and gravy, but it says it will be in the places where you need your bread, where you had the raw dough. The Israelites would have the raw dough, and they would need that. And the Bible says the frogs would hop into those troughs and mess up their dough. When, if they scraped all the frog goo off the dough and got it in the oven, the Bible says the frogs would hop into the oven. And, and, and I just can't imagine what that must have been like. But I can imagine the, the Egyptians sending messages to Pharaoh. I mean, if it was in our time, we'd pick up the phone and we'd say, Pharaoh, you've got to do something about these frogs. They're all over the place. You've got to get rid of them. And I'm sure it wasn't just one phone call he got or one message he got. I'm sure just about everybody in the kingdom of Egypt sent a message to Pharaoh, get rid of the frogs. And so Pharaoh calls in Moses and Aaron and says, hey, you've convinced me. Get rid of these frogs and I'll let you go worship your God. That's what Moses was asking for. He said, we, we just need to go worship our God. We need to go out into the wilderness and offer sacrifices to our God. And Pharaoh said, get rid of the frogs, 
and I'll let you go. And we read there what Moses says. Glory over me. Well, glory. That's what he was saying. When shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee and thy houses that they may remain in the river only? Moses says, okay, I'll go to God and I'll pray. When do you want me to do it? Now, if you and I were standing there, we would say, I want you to do it right now. I want you to do it ASAP. I mean, we, want, we don't want these frogs that are in our house and in our ovens and in our kneading troughs and in our beds and in the houses of our servants. We don't want them there anymore. Get rid of them right now. But you notice what Pharaoh said? Pharaoh said, get rid of them tomorrow. Tomorrow. What Pharaoh was saying, hey, I'll spend one more night with the frogs. That's the title of my sermon this morning. One more night with the frogs. I'll spend one more night with the frogs. I'll sleep with them one more night. I'll eat with them one more night. They can get into my kneading troughs one more night. They can jump into my ovens one more night. And if we were there, we would say, no, 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 no. Get rid of them now. We don't want them one more night. I don't want to sleep with them again. I don't want to eat with them again. Tell Moses you want them gone right now. And we look back at what Pharaoh did and said, what a, what a crazy man. What, 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 he wasn't much of a leader. I, I, I mean, it's stupid to, 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 to have the frogs around, even if it was only a period of 12 more hours. It's stupid to have those frogs around any more uh, than, than absolutely necessary. He should have said, get rid of them right now. And we may look back at Pharaoh and we may say, how foolish of him. To make that decision that he was willing to spend one more night with the frogs. Yet I submit to you, there are probably people in this room this morning that have made the same decision. And in effect said, me too, I'll spend one more night with the frogs. You say now, preacher, what do you mean by that? Well, let me tell you. There's probably people here this morning that have been here time after time. They've heard the gospel. They've heard the fact that there's none righteous, no, not one. They've heard the verse in Romans where the Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They've heard the, the Romans road, as we've gone down the Roman road, Romans road many times in this place, that the wages of sin is death. And they know that because of their sin, they are separated from God. They are, they are headed for a, for a place toward hell to spend eternity apart from God. That place of fire, that place of a bottomless pit where the worm dieth not. They know that they're giving up heaven. That place that Brother Clyde and Frieda sang about this morning. No tears will ever stain the streets of that city. And the streets of that city are made out of gold. There's no night there. Talked a little bit about it in Sunday school this morning. But they know they're giving up heaven. And if you went to them this morning and you say, hey, do you know that you're a sinner? They would say, yes, I do. I know I've fallen short of God's glory. I know that I've not kept, I've not measured up to Jesus Christ. That's who the Bible's talking about when we fall short of God's glory. I know I haven't measured up to him. And you ask them, do you know that there's a penalty, a wage owe for that? Oh, yeah, I know the wages of sin is death. Well, do you know that Jesus went to the cross? And when he went to the cross, God put all your sins upon him. And when he died on Calvary, he paid the price that you owe. Do you know that? Yeah, I know that too. Well, do you know that if you ask him, if you, just, if you believe in your heart, 
that he died for you and you ask him to save you? Do you know that he'll save you? Yes, I know that. I believe the Bible when it says that. And then you ask him, will you? Will you ask him? They'll say, oh, yeah, I'll ask him tomorrow. They've come into this place time after time after time, and that's what they've said. They know they're a sinner. They know there's a price for sin. They know that Jesus paid the price. They know that he'd save them if, they, if, he, if they'd ask him. And, and when you ask him to make the decision, they said, I will, tomorrow. And what they're saying is, I'll spend one more night as a sinner. I'll spend one more night going to hell, on my way to hell. I'll spend one more night separated from the one that made me, separated from the one that loves me, separated from the one that has a purpose for my life. I'll spend one more night apart from God. I'll get saved tomorrow. Can you imagine what the thief on the cross, how his story would be different, the one that asked Jesus to remember him, how his story would have been different if he would have taken the same attitude? Can you imagine that one who was facing death that day? That one who knew that he, had, that, that he deservedly was dying, but the, the one that hung next to him did not deserve to die? His story would have been different if he would have said, I'll spend one, I'll spend one more night with the frogs. I'll spend one more night a sinner. I'll spend one more night separated from God. He had more sense than many, many people do today because he said, Lord... Today, when you come into your kingdom, will you remember me? And Jesus answered him, today, 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 you will be with me in paradise. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, I don't mean to alarm you, but I want to tell you the truth. You are not guaranteed tomorrow. You are not guaranteed that you will wake up tomorrow. You could go out into eternity today, just like I've been thinking about Brother Bill getting ready for, for Saturday. When he sat in the church service that morning, when he and Marion went to church that morning, he had no idea that he'd be in heaven before the service was over. You have no idea what's going to happen to you before this service is over. You have no idea. You may face that same fate. You need to know like he did that if you leave this earth, you will go to heaven and be with God. Don't say, don't know all of that and say, I'll do it tomorrow. Because tomorrow may never come. Don't spend one more night with the frogs. There's a second group of people that I mentioned to you this morning that might make that, are, are making that same decision. These are people that have been saved. They know that Jesus is their Savior. They asked Jesus to save them, and Jesus saved them. And they know what it is to have fellowship with God. They know what it is to have the Holy Spirit. They know what it is to live the Christian life. But something happened. One day they decided they didn't want to do it God's way. They wanted to do it their way. And so they walked away from God. They got off the straight and narrow way. They did what we call backsliding. They slid back to that old way of life. And they, they got back into things, doing things, saying things, thinking things like they did before they got saved. And God comes to them. God comes to them through the Holy Spirit, says, hey, you, you need to get back. You need to come back home. You need to come back to the Father. You need to get back on a straight and narrow way. Well, the way you're walking and the way you're talking and the way you're thinking is not pleasing to God. You need to come back. Sort of like the prodigal son. 
who was his father's son, but instead of wanting to do things the way his father wanted him to do it, he wanted to do things the way he wanted to do it. And so he asked for his inheritance, and he left home. He went to that far country and wasted his inheritance in riotous living. He ended up feeding the pigs, the hogs, the swine. And one day the Bible says that he came to himself. He says, hey, I'm the son of a rich man, and here I am feeding hogs. I used to wear nice clothes, but now my clothes are tattered. I used to sit at a table that was teeming with good food, but now I'm so hungry I could eat this stuff, these husks that I'm feeding the hogs. And the Bible says he came to himself and he says, I will arise and go to my father. Now tell my dad, I'm no, no longer worthy to be called a son. Just make me a servant. Just make me a servant in your household. Now, when he came to himself, the Bible doesn't say that he said, I'll go home tomorrow. I'll go home after one more night feeding the hogs. One more night being hungry. One more night being dressed in tattered clothes. One more night apart from my father. When he came to himself, the Bible says that he arose and went to the father. He didn't spend one more night. He went that moment. The moment that reason returned to him. The moment that God talked to him about going home. He went home. Now listen, if you're, part, if you're saved this morning, but apart from God, not walking in the path that he wants, you need to come home. Not tomorrow, today. 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 Don't spend one more night apart from God. Don't spend one more night walking against him. Don't spend one more night walking in your own way. I'd hate to be a Christian and be backslidden and die and go to heaven. Again, I mentioned it in my announcements. Jesus is probably sweet and kind and won't say anything. If I was him, I'd say, I had to bring you here. I couldn't let you continue to live. And by the way, I think he will do this to some people. The Bible says that some people sleep prematurely. Some Christians sleep prematurely because they're not walking in the path that God wants them to walk. But I'd hate to be a Christian and be taken to heaven in a backslidden condition. And so if you're in that condition this morning, I urge you, come back to God this morning. Come back to your Father this morning. Get back in His good graces, walking in the way that He wants you to walk. Don't spend one more night with the frogs or the hogs. Come back now. And then quickly, there's a third group of people I would mention this morning. Those people that are saved, those people that are walking with God, those people that are obedient to God, and God says, hey, I've seen your walk with me, I've seen your obedience to me, now I've got something else I want you to do. There's something else I want you to do. It it, it may be a young person here that hasn't really started out in life yet, where God says, hey, I've got something special I want you to do with your life. I want you to be a missionary. I want you to be a pastor. I want you to be a pastor's wife. I, I, I want you to be a, a Sunday school teacher. I want you to be a deacon. I want you to be, I want you to, I got something special I want you to do. Or it may be an older person. Do you know, Abraham was pretty old when God came to him. Moses was, was, was called as a, as a child, but, I mean, he didn't really start doing what God wanted him to do until he was fully trained and was 80 years old. Listen, I believe there's people in their 60s and 70s that God could still call to do something special with their life. 
I don't think you ever get too old that God says, well, I can't call you to do anything else. The fact that you're still here breathing his oxygen, walking on the face of his earth, means that he's got something else for you to do as a Christian. I think he could call you at any age. And, and, and you may be here this morning, and you felt that call of God in your life. I mean, you know he wants you to do something, and it's very clear to you. And you're saying, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I've I, I got things I have to get done. I, I have to raise my family, and I have to pay off my debts, and I have to do all this other stuff. And then, God, when I get all that done, I'll give my life to you and serve you. That's, what not, that, that's not what God wants. Listen, you that are parents. When you told your children to do something, when you told your daughter, wash the dishes, <laughs> or when you told your son, take out the garbage, what would you have done if they said, well, Mom, I'll do that tomorrow? Dad, I'll do that the day after tomorrow. I'll tell you what my dad would have done. He would have taken his razor strap and adjusted my attitude. <laughs> and knowing most of you as parents, you did the same thing. You didn't let him get away with that. God doesn't want our obedience tomorrow. He wants our obedience today. He he doesn't want our surrender tomorrow. He wants our surrender today. 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 The Bible says, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, he wants you to be saved today, right now. Not tomorrow. Not the next day. Now. Now. If you're walking apart from God, he doesn't want you to come home tomorrow or the next day. He wants you to come home now. Now. And if he's called you to a special service, he doesn't doesn't want you to put it off. He doesn't want you to give him all sorts of excuses and say, well, I can do it tomorrow or I can do it the next day. He wants you to do it now. Today's the day. I'm sure... If Pharaoh's subjects heard the answer that he gave to Moses that said, well, we'll spend one more night with the frogs, that if they had anything in Egypt, and they probably didn't like we'd have, they'd impeach him. He said, we've got to get rid of this guy. We don't want to spend one more night with the frogs. We want to get rid of them right now. And in the same way, whatever God is leading you to do today, he doesn't want you to do it tomorrow. He wants you to do it today. Today's the only day we have. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow may never come. Today's the only day we have to get saved, to get back to God, to serve him today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that you've given us this time to get saved, this time to come back to you, this time to serve you. And I pray that we'd realize how precious time is, that today is the only day that we have, the only day that we have to get saved, the only day that we have to come back, the only day that we have to serve you. And so I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Whatever our situation is this morning, that you would speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, that if we're a sinner in need of a Savior, you convict us of our sin and help us understand Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by him. As you speak to those that are backslidden, Help them to understand, Father, that you want them to come back home. You're ready for them to come back home. The robe is ready. The ring is ready. The the, the calf is fatted. You're ready for them to come home. And then, Father, if you've called those to serve you, help them to be obedient today. I pray that you would bless this invitation. Again, speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. Help us to be obedient.
For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.